This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by The Red Room. Have you played Wretched? Hey, have you seen the new Wretched RPG? Holy smokes, it's amazing. Check it out. And while you're at it, check out all of The Red Room's great role-playing stuff. Hey, Bert. Miguel and Sylvia have launched Wretched RPG, which is taking their wretched system and philosophy and wrapping it up into a full RPG core book with art from our dear friend Jay Tanaka. So, really? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that and sounds great. Direct from the Red Room. And you can find them at their own website, M-O-O-R-D-E-R-E-H-T.com. That's the Red Room backwards, right? Uh, check out the new Wretched RPG. It is super sweet. Plus, all of their quality works are available at the Red Room. We're proud to have them as our weekly sponsor. You owe it to yourself to check out this wretched RPG. Again, go to their website, M-O-O-R-D-E-R-E-H-T dot com. That's theredroom.com. Now, on with the show. I didn't know if I was going to make it in time before the music was done. I was coughing up a lung in that first 10 seconds. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm glad you didn't hear that. My name is Ryan David, and you are listening to another episode of Nerd Cognito. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my friend Bert. And man, I'll bet you the folks are happy that my cough button still works. Hey, Bert. <laughs> Well, at least you only have one. At least you have one lung left, Ryan. I, I, I apparently, or at least half of a lung. Uh, <laughs> oh shit! It was. It was like I heard. I, I pushed the button. The music was starting, and I'm like, okay. Uh, and then the coughs are coming, and I'm like, I've got about three seconds to end this and come in, and I'm such a fucking pro. <laughs> you know, we're a real classy joint around here. How was your week, my friend? It was good. We had uh, some weather issues and power was out a little while, but we're back on back online. And yeah, I didn't know if I was gonna see you tonight. You you, you told me that you know, I got this text this morning, right? Hey, power's been out for eighteen hours, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm like, turns out we had a bad storm and it took a tree down and it took down a line and it took forever for the power crews to get out here and get anything back and running. I'll tell you what, the trees around here got walloped as well. Not so much immediately around my house, but in my general neighborhood, there's trees down everywhere. I don't know how we maintained power, to be honest with you. It was quite quite the, the windy day yesterday, my friend. Oh, yeah, it was crazy around here. And then after my power came back on, my internet wasn't restored. Uh. <laughs> Well, I, I had faith. Uh, you did text me and say, "Hey, if you if you need to line someone up," and I put the call out, but I didn't I didn't go all in on it because I I had the faith that you were coming, and here you are! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, what do we got going on today, Ryan? Oh uh, well, if you didn't know, our most favorite company ever had a big event oh really oh really D, D direct is now in the ash heap of i mean it's taken place and forgot i mean it happened <laughs> well, our dear friends at wizards have laid out the future of D, &D including one D, &D. And all sorts of stuff. And we're going to talk about that on the front end of the news. I've got a little bit of news for you. Surprise, surprise, Bert. Always. There's always news. And uh, our friend Tony Garcia, uh, the author of the upcoming Dystopian Dawn role-playing game, is going to talk to us on the flip side of the news. Uh, for those of you that didn't know, Dystopian Dawn just wrapped up its Kickstarter, 
And there's a story as to why he's on after the Kickstarter ended, which <laughs> which I'm sure will be the first thing that I needle him about <laughs> this oh, evening. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how can I not? How can I not? Anyway, now, uh, Tony will be joining us after the news. Tell us all things Dystopian Dawn. It's a neat little idea, Bert, I've I, I got to say. Yeah, I mean, from the stuff that I've seen so far, it looks really interesting, right up my alley, kind of, because it's something sort of, it's kind of something that's got me curious, you yeah. know? Well, I can't wait to hear right from the mouth of the man himself. But first, from our mouths, we have to tell you about D&D Direct. Spurt, spurt, burt, burt. <laughs> okay. I, I kind of... I'm glad, right? There was no kicking, screaming, wailing controversy. In fact, even the pop gaming media, which are the first to get on their knees and spread their cheeks and present a good gape for Wizards of the Coast, even they were underwhelmed by what happened at D&D Direct this week. It was a lot of, eh, stuff. Okay. But nothing that was earth-shattering or that we didn't already know or predict. So, um, I guess, you know, I, yeah, I would be out of character if I didn't talk about the big change, which is we need to realign Vecna. Now, I don't know. Wait, realign? <laughs> is, Maybe, is a, uh, that's my word. You, that's my you, word. <laughs> I was going to say, are you a chiropractor? Well, Vecna they're going to neuter him, right? Vecna is just a little too evil. Just, you know, he, he's got a bad rap, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was just one of some little things that we could poke fun of. I don't know if you saw our friend, the T-shirted historians, the week in geek this week. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. No, it, we focused on the virtual tabletop reveal because, well, I want you to think of a bad late 1980s, early 1990s infomercial script and actors slash actresses. Oh, my. Okay. And then put them into a room to play D&D and showcase the new virtual tabletop. But wait, there's more. Oh. <laughs> the script was bad. And, and the actors weren't actors. They were all industry people that are terrible actors, right? And um, the the presentation was not good. They had them in a beautiful gaming room, right? Beautiful okay. table, video wall, neoprene gridded battle map with miniatures on the table in front of them. It, it was truly beautiful. And then they walked them into this table, and they all sat in front of a laptop at a table face-to-face. Yeah, that's a really weird way to set that up. I mean, uh, one or the other, like a, a, you know, virtual or like at a table, but virtual and at a table, like that's well, no, 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 no. In one D and D, this is the new way to play. You're gonna go to the table, and then it's kind of like, you know, when you go to the restaurant and you look around and you notice that your table is the only table that doesn't have a cell phone in front of their face. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. They're creating that atmosphere because that is apparently how to play D&D now. You sit down at your social event with your friends in the room, but we don't make eye contact. No, 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 no. Eye contact. If you make eye contact with me, it could trigger up past... Oh, tortures? No. What's the word? Traumas. Past traumas. And that's going to cause me to throw my virtual X card and halt play because you're a shitty DM, Ryan David. Yeah. Apparently, if you're in a beautiful gaming space, the, the logical thing to do is to bury your face in a screen. 
Right. And I've played in blended games where people had to attend virtually or where they're all virtual, but the people who were there in person, you know, weren't sitting in front of a screen. We might've had, you know, a webcam that captured the table. So the virtual players, we've done included. that. We've yeah, done absolutely. that. We had to, cause Mike, bro, you know, he moved away, bro. What the fuck? And, um, I get it. It's not ideal. We've done it, but no, every single player and the DM knows in a screen in a beautiful play space. The tabletop is exactly what you would expect. It's a 3D rendered Unreal Engine tabletop that probably is going to take a graphics card that the average Sparkle Troll can't afford. <laughs> uh, it looked fine. It looked. It, it did look fine. Uh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine the amount of prep and manipulation it's going to take to run that tabletop, though. Because I'll tell you one thing. In the Ron Popeil infomercial, the DM, and I'm doing air quotes, you can't see it, but I'm doing it as hard as I fucking can. The DM certainly was not running the table. And, you know, they had the over-the-top reaction. Oh! And the one girl was doing the Down Syndrome arm shake. It was fantastically bad, Bert. <sighs> but, yeah, they, they debuted the virtual tabletop. And not that it didn't, like I said, it, it was pretty. But it was what everybody expected, right? And that's, and like I said, that's kind of weird. Like, uh, you know, I've, you know... There are some gaming systems I only have PDFs for because that's all I can get. They're out of print or whatever. And so I'll have a tablet or my cell phone at the table with the PDF on it to use as a reference tool. But I'm not on it, you know, the entire gaming session. Like the point is to interact with other people, not with just a device. No, 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 no. Shame on you. Uh, they talked a little bit about Planescape. Okay. What... Um, what um what horrible things are they doing to one of my favorite properties? <laughs> um, uh, you're safe for now. There was very little content information about Planescape. The big thing for Planescape <laughs> was the art style reveal. And okay. Again, it, it wasn't horrible, but it. All right. Before I send you, I'll send you a, a sample piece of the art. Okay. Okay. Sure. But I want you, because I know Planescape is one of your favorites. Planescape's yeah, probably... art was very unique on its own. How it was three words describe what it was. Varied, uh, kind of artistic and, and uh, sort of upscale. I was going with uh, slightly surreal, right? Yeah, sure. And and um, I, I, it was varied. I think is good. Yeah. Well. It's everyday D&D &D art. I mean, at least it's not like color palette vomit. It's got that sort of sepia tone feel yeah, to it. it. True, true. You know, it's mu it's muted. It's not like a it's, rainbow vomited on something. No, no, it's it's not Strixhaven, but it's still not what I love or loved. I can't say love about Planescape anymore. What what I loved about Planescape. Um, but, you know, all things considered, nothing that's earth-shattering. I can give the pass on that, right? Nothing that anyone's going to write home about either. Right. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, it's not groundbreaking art, but it's not, uh, you know, eye-searingly bad or anything like that. It just, it kind of, it's kind of meh, and we'll see kind of what they do, I guess, to the rules. Right. Well, don't hold your breath. You saw what happened to Dragonlance and Spelljammer. <laughs> um, I guess you, what you could say, the biggest announcement that made the most impact was that Minecraft, that's right, Minecraft and D&D &D are going to be one. You're going to have D&D &D monsters... In Minecraft and Minecraft monsters in D and D. Yay! Okay, so, right. So 
Creeper and Slenderman are going to be, you know, like foes to battle. <laughs> they are, which, uh, okay, whatever. You want to pull a younger audience, you know, because you've killed your fucking fan base and your current fan base doesn't buy anything. I mean, well, there were certain demons and things that would explode. So something like the Creeper, you know, no, they, would, they actually have now statted out uh, Minecraft monsters. So Interesting. Um, I sent you a stat block for the Enderman. Uh, that's my little guy's favorite, but again, he's six. (laughs) (laughs) What's your audience gang? What is your audience? Um, they have the, the lore block for the creeper that got released. Um, it's, it's a fifth edition monster lore block. I mean, there's, there's nothing really to it. So, I guess, I guess, I guess that's the big news. Well, I I mean, you have to figure, you know. Minecraft coming to D&D is the big news, Bert. (laughs) (sighs) You had to go go and say news. What's in the news this week, Ryan? I just, I I know that, that came out of nowhere. I, it did. I, I, I got I nothing was, uh, to say. I got nothing to say about wizards anymore. I, it, well, I mean, it would make sense if you think about when Minecraft first came out. You know that uh, the people who grew up on that game are, you know, at an age now where, you know, they could potentially be a new audience for wizards. But it just seems like a really weird crossover to me. I don't know. It's the whole thing was anticlimactic and. It's very they're, they're very much a ship without a rudder right now, in my opinion. There was nothing, you know. It was this grandiose event, you know. We see like Google I/O, right, and and the Apple events, and and all of the 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 big publishers, um, game publishers of all genres, video games, board games. They have all these big release events. It was that grandiose of a scale, and it fizzled. It fizzled. Hmm. Well, speaking of Minecraft, Minecraft's parent company, Microsoft, we've talked about them before. We have. You remember? They were doing something or other with Office that made people cringe. Yes, yes, uh (laughs) Right, right, the uh, the ads. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, Microsoft is on their mission to continue to present ads where ads don't fucking belong. <laughs> Microsoft Windows 11 received an optional update, which applies advertisements in the start menu. Really? Really, really. Uh, hmm. In the support document for the patch, which is still in preview but expected to be rolled out, Microsoft gives an example of a notification, a pop-up panel warning the user that they need to back up their files. That's that's good advice, right? That's that's good for sure. a Popeye. Popeye? It's good for a pop-up. Yes. I mean, backing up your files is the smart thing to do. And then... You can get a prompt to use OneDrive, Microsoft's cloud storage, because as you know, the prompts are most likely related to advertisement that Microsoft has wanted to put into their software. Uh, Useful or irritating? Because Um, I'll tell you what, OneDrive is not going to be my cloud backup choice. Right, right. I mean, you know, there are a lot of options out there for cloud backup, so OneDrive isn't isn't mine either, but Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, having if having ads for something that I mean, at least it's like a consumer product and something that a, a user might be able to, you know, use rather than something just totally off the wall. They're not just selling ad space in your start menu. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, here's, here's my issue. I can't 
get fucking OneNote to go away for the life of me. And just when I think I have it vanquished, I update and it comes back and it comes back and it comes back. And I've dodged the bullet with the ads in Office. Mm-hmm. I don't need ads in my start menu. The only PC that still is running Windows because of dubious decisions from Microsoft that I own is my gaming rig. That's it. Everything else, I I took the plunge to Linux. And now I'm starting to question, do I dual boot my gaming rig? (laughs) You know, Um, guys, guys, come on. You got the OS. You know you've got the OS. Don't, don't continue to exploit it. Killing me. Killing me. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to see, like, you expect ads from, you know, websites or even if you were, like, trying to, you know, update something from, like, a support website or something like that from Microsoft, you can see ads. But, you know, from your start menu, that's kind of really weird. Wow. You know who won't die? Sonic the Hedgehog. Trey Willie just has to run out of rings first. No, 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 no. April Fool's Day has come and gone. And on said day, the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog has released free on Steam. (laughs) What the heck is that? It is a legitimate Sega tongue-in-cheek game. Ah, how can I describe it? Well, it's a cross between visual novel and Ace Attorney with lots of memes. Really? Okay. The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, it's a short adventure that lets you take control of a new character whose first day in the job is marred by a murder mystery and you have to solve the mystery. It's... (laughs) It's a great little piece of fan service for Sonic the Hedgehog lovers, right? <laughs> That's really weird. Um, I, I like. I think that's even weirder than the first story. Like, you know, you're like, oh, a character that you grew up with, kill him, you know, or figure out who killed him. Well, surprise, surprise, and spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Sonic doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> He must have had some rings left over from the you know green from the Phantom Zone. It's got all of the classic Sonic characters in it. It has voice acting. It has throwbacks to lots of pop culture moments, including scenes from Goodfellas. Um, it's filled with jokes, but the game is very real. Get it while you can right now. <laughs> That's actually uh, kind of awesome. So, um, definitely, it's worth picking up at the low, low cost of free as cheap. The killing, or excuse me, the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's a brilliant little tongue-in-cheek thing. <laughs> I mean, it does sound pretty tongue-in-cheek. You know, it was. It sounds like it was almost meant to be a joke and went to market, you know? I believe it probably was originally just a developer pass around, and they said, hey, you know, April Fool's is coming. Let's let's put a little spit and polish on this. (laughs) Sticking with video games, I told you last week what game I finally started to play in a 23-year absence. Oh, yeah, Chrono Cross. Chrono Cross, indeed. And Square Enix, coincidentally, just hosted a hour-long video feature on it. And sure enough, as often suspected, the original game was rushed to print. And really? rushed to print to the point that Square admitted and showed samples of artwork that went to release but was never technically finished that they finally got a chance to finish in the, the new, the new remaster. So the remaster offered an opportunity for them to complete incomplete pieces, clean up some character art and, uh, put some final touches on most of the things in, in the back end, but some things, as evidenced by the art, were redraws that were 
uh, polished pieces from what originally was just concept art that accidentally got into the game because they were crunched for time. Yeah, I mean, I remember things like being really odd when I bought that game. At the time, I would always, uh, I would always buy this. You remember the strategy guides, like the old Brady Games guide. Right. I would always buy the strategy guide, and I would lock it away and try to beat the game without it. And then if I got stuck, I would go back to the guide. Yep. I remember that guide because when I got to the end, I could not figure out how to beat the game. Like I was <laughs> struggling. And struggling and struggling. So I pulled out the strategy guide, and the ending of the Brady Games guide was you have to use spells in a certain uh, color order. We're not going to tell you what it is, but it's somewhere in this book. And I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> so, like, even the strategy guide doesn't give you a strategy. Uh, where am I? Uh, I just discovered Lavos, and I just discovered the, uh, I forget what it's called, the future city that's buried in the, in the ocean. It's, oh, okay. All right. I know where you're at. So, uh, what? Almost halfway there. So, close. Yeah. No, oh, it's it's interesting, fun. I do wish that the remaster was more of a remaster, but as we know, the original source code was lost. So the la the only thing that they had to go on was a port that existed. Uh, <laughs> and they had that's to, really weird. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably the the only thing we're we're gonna get Chrono Cross wise. But I thought it was interesting, and you know, piqued my curiosity just because it's what I'm playing right now. Right. Absolutely. Seems like we can't go a week without talking about Batman. <laughs> Batman. Okay. What uh, is this? I mean. You know, we already announced like the what is it called? The horror that came to Gotham. The doom the, that came the, to the Gotham. The doom that came to Gotham. Which, so. by the way, mark your calendar. We're having a little viewing party, and we can do a maybe a nano or a nerd cognito review segment of it. Um, oh, very cool! I'm very interested in seeing it. I just haven't had an opportunity yet. There's all sorts of buzz around Michael Keaton's Batman first returning in the canned Batgirl movie. Right. And now returning in the Flash movie that half the world won't see because of politics. <laughs> um, okay. Interesting tangential statement was made by Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. And uh, she was originally, I don't want to say she was the original Catwoman, but she was the original cinematic Catwoman in the 1992 Batman Returns movie, which we also right. talked about for a few minutes more than anyone cared uh, about a month and a half ago. <laughs> right, right. Um, Pfeiffer, either through slip or through creative seed planting, stated that she just might be willing to reprise the role of Catwoman for an upcoming DCU movie. So like a like a live action film yeah, or is she yeah, going to lend her voice to the role like for an animated film? No, with the return of Keaton in the current movie, Pfeiffer said that she is open to the idea of portraying Catwoman if it fits in the context. So if people want to see her and Bruce Wayne get it on as old men and ladies, uh, rattle the sabers at your local DC person. Um, what'd you think of Pfeiffer's Catwoman? Um, I think that she, for me, it, she felt a little like meek at first. Like she came into that role like after like an accident, whereas. You know, when you talk about someone like Eartha Kitt, she always embodied that sort of confidence and Michelle Pfeiffer kind of found it. So it was kind of weird like to see like a, a Catwoman origin story tucked into a Batman movie. Yeah, you know, you know uh, falling on your head gives you super acrobatic and whip skills. Uh <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, yeah. Falling into a truckload of kitty litter when you're expecting to fall to your death turns you into a superhero. Hey, I didn't care because 1992, Michelle Pfeiffer was easy on the eyes, my friend, if you know what I'm <laughs> saying. And it, the skin-tight pleather outfit, 
Yes, please. Yes. I think I think everybody knows what you're saying, Ryan. Well, we'll see if uh, if dreams come true. I can't think of anything recent that she's done. Maybe she's just clawing for work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a bad pun. <laughs> but no, I, I can't think of anything that she's been in recently either. Like that's. Oh man. Huh. Michelle no, Pfeiffer. You're going to make me look it up, yeah. Stitch together, form-fitting. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, stop drooling on yourself. We're in the middle of a podcast. Well, <clears throat> oh, okay. I just Googled Michelle Pfeiffer 2023. It's like my grandma with a facelift. Yeah. <sighs> oh. No, no, no. I, I don't want to think about that. That's that's too depressing. You know what we should think about, though, Bert? We should think about what? our... Checkmark Hero. That's right. The Great Sin is our Checkmark Hero for the month of April. Uh, give him a follow. Cinemander, C-Y-M-M-A-N-D-E-R, on the said Twitter machine. Uh, lots of insight. Good guy. Good guy. You'll like it. Follow Cinemander on Twitter machine. You too can be a checkmark hero. We have just uh, two months left in the 2023 checkmark hero. Uh, what would we call it? Registration. <laughs> it doesn't I guess matter. So. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a checkmark hero, definitely go to at nerdcognito on the Twitter and find a post. We don't make it easy, Bert. We we've really got to make this easier. <laughs> To be a checkmark hero. Um, right. But this is your last chance to get in on 2023. I can't believe it's only April and I'm going to talk about 2024. 2024, we're going to switch up how the checkmark heroes go. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It depends. We'll see. I think we are. <laughs> but the point is, I want to close out 2023 fully booked for checkmark heroes. So if you want to be the checkmark hero, you know what to do. It's eight bucks. Look us up on the Twitter machine and be the next. Checkmark hero. You know, normally doing a spot would cheer me up, but I just keep looking at like bad cosmetic surgery. Bert. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. No, Ryan, I'm Ryan. serious. Not, not anything like, over the top or, or super brotastic here. It's it's not good. Like, can't we grow old gracefully? Uh, I mean, some people will, and some people will fight it, kicking and screaming to the grave. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to be sad about it anymore. I'm gonna look at a picture of her. Oh, hello, Catwoman. Anyway, that's our news <laughs> for the week. I said it before, I'll say it again. I still think she was the best on-screen iteration of Catwoman. I know, you've always felt that way. I mean... I got excited when you said you've always felt, and then there was this pause, and I'm like, Michelle Pfeiffer. But then (laughs) I... Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Oh, sure, she was hot back then. Now she's like... not bad looking now. Well, Tony, you're not here yet. (laughs) Hey, everybody, guess who's here? (laughs) <laughs> Say hello to Tony Garcia, Bert. Uh, Tony, welcome to Nerd Cognito. Oh, you you just kicked in the door. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I guess I should have been on you. My bad. <laughs> That's all right. Batman, and you're like talking in my world, and I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Hey, you know what? It happens. It happens. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Tony, uh, longtime gamer, uh, finally took up the challenge that very few do when, you know, everybody says, well, if you think you can, you better make your own game. And, and Tony said, well, I'm going to do just that. And hence dystopian Dawn was born. Uh, Tony, you launched your Kickstarter early, man. This is going to air after your Kickstarter is over. Yeah. You know, game design, you know, I'm really good at gaming. I'm great at, I'm an awesome GM. Just ask anyone. I suck at marketing. I realize <laughs> I know less than Dookie about it. And uh, yeah, they, they sent me, I was telling you earlier, they sent me a review page, they being Kickstarter. And I went, okay, derp, derp, derp. hit review. Yep, looks good. Submit. And they went, okay, you've launched. And I went, what in the actual just happened? 
Congratulations, you've launched your campaign and you didn't even know it was happening. Well, for for early. <laughs> for those that are listening that have no idea, uh, give us what I like to call the elevator pitch of Dystopian Dawn. Well, the simplest version, it's a uh, fantasy and sci-fi role-playing game where science and tech meets swords and sorcery. How's that uh, for tech? That is, that is uh, brilliant to the point. I like it. Um, you know, we've been bouncing chat back and forth for a while and um we've had the privilege of seeing some of the earlier stuff we got to see what's up on kickstarter it looks pretty good my friend it really does um i'm disappointed that we don't get to get on the hype train for it uh but i definitely want to spread the word and get it out there because i know even though the kickstarter is closed you're still going to be doing cons. You're still going to be eventually bringing this to market in other avenues. So I, I want people to know that Dystopian Dawn exists. Um, hey, Bert, do you have a chance to look through the preview stuff? On Kickstarter, yes, I did have a chance to look through some of that. And it's uh, I, I like the way that uh, some of the, like, just obviously we haven't seen all the mechanics, but from what we can see from the previews, there's some really interesting stuff there. I know you and I were talking off the air and you were saying, Hey, this is great. I, I, um, you were, you were really going into some of the spell mechanics and I'll, I'll let you throw that to Tony. Right. I, uh, I really like the way that you describe the spell mechanics in there where you're not locked into like every system. It seems like they lock you into like a spell list. And in this case, you're like, no, you have effects and you have forces and you combine them to create, spells for that are tailored to the situation so you don't have to have a character that spams fireball at everything i've been gaming since 1980 i'm old and i loved everything since you know D. i'll go ahead and say men and magic and chain mail damn it um gamma world rune quest all of the games in between but over the years i realized every single game i've ran i've had to mod you know, there's always some rule that, you know, your table goes, well, that's stupid. And you're like, well, that's right. That is stupid. Let me rewrite it. <laughs> and about five years ago, because I, I still run uh, GURPS. We've been, I've been, got hooked on GURPS back in the 90s. God man, bless you, been, man. Wow. I haven't played GURPS. GURPS. It's amazing, man. It's, I've been most, played, it, it's a flexible system. I haven't played GURPS in forever. That went like, the, the last time I played GURPS, I think we were also running a RIPS campaign. I was going to say, oh, GURPS, I, I'm at least 10 years out on, on even thinking about GURPS. So, um, and it is. It's it's incredibly versatile and flexible. And, you know, you could do anything in it because it is uh, generic, but in a good way, right? I, I don't want to. Yeah, it's a great way because it's, it, and that was kind of where I took some motivation. I was like, all right, I want a flexible system. So I know some people love random die rolling. Other people love points, you know, point spending. So I was like, all right, so how am I going to do this? I smashed them both together. So I'll run through, like, character creation. I have these tables I call the evolution tables. So you start off the game, you roll on your birth table. So what happened when you were a baby? And it's either, you know, you got squirted out on a battlefield. Uh, maybe you were dropped in a pool of radiation. Or maybe you actually were raised in civilization. Real simple. And what it, I've done is I wrote it as, you know, this happens and then dot, dot, dot. Then you roll on the second table, which is either a civilized, and I use the term loosely, meaning you were raised in a populace, or wild, meaning, you know, raised by wolves, whatever, um, environment. And so you, then you roll on that table for your childhood, and it says, okay, you know, you... A druid found you and sold you into slavery, and then dot dot dot. You go to the pre-adolescent table and you roll one more time. And these are all just two d six. It's simple and it's fun. Um, and it says, okay, you learned how to rebuild a car engine. Ta-da! So there's like your three sentences to start your character bio. That is perfect. And backstory be damned, uh, everyone knows that I hate when hate hate when people come to me with a backstory and or not a backstory but with like pages of backstory mm -hmm. i'm like give me four bullet points man um hey bert funny story okay do you know what just turned its one year anniversary no what's that the tweet 
the backstory oh, no, tweet the backstory is tweet. officially one year old and uh it's looking at three million impressions <laughs> still going strong by the way i haven't i haven't looked at it in a long time but uh the ladies on the nerd cognito twitter tweeted it out uh, and they actually caught that it was the one year anniversary of the tweets and uh yeah, yeah so the Tony, your your character sort of background method is music to my ears, man. Well, and with it, you also get certain points. Like maybe you get some negative uh, mutation points, or hey. you get bonuses to your stats, or something. And so okay, all, with that, all of that, man. And then what I do after that is you roll random. Here's your here's your starting point pool. Bam. So write that down. I think it's three d six plus. 10 or your mom or something anyway and then you add that up to whatever bonuses you got off the table or penalties and then you choose your character type and there's only six it's pretty easy and for races everyone's freaking human unless you're a mutant in which case <laughs> uh, you're a mutated human right simple right um and i even put a blurb in there that nobody gives a damn about your um belief system worship whatever you want be whatever color you want. Be whatever gender. Nobody cares. It's You're just trying to fucking stay game. alive, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's the premise. It's so part of the big thing I walked into it was lore. It's not just survival and hacking the monsters, which is always you know a blast, but figure out what actually happened roughly 500 years ago, because there's no no written history. The last it's maybe two generations that people have started recording history. You're saying the secret to racial harmony is Armageddon. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it will Armageddon bring us comes. all together. <laughs> <laughs> With Armageddon comes, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually have that blurb. It's in the player's guide where it's like, hey, just do what you want. Play what makes you happy. And I don't know why more people just can't take that to heart. Because OG gamers, when we all started gaming way back when, we were the outcasts. And it didn't matter if you were black, white, purple, gay, straight, asexual. No one cared. No, I couldn't openly nerd. tell people that I gamed until like the 2010s. So right? <laughs> <laughs> that that would compromise, you know, potential puss acquisition. You didn't say <laughs> that. I so, told people I gamed, but then I was just the weirdo. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was that the was closeted weirdo, hence nerd cognito, right? Well, my buds way back when used to crack up because back in the 80s when I was a teenager, when life was good. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was a, you know, long-haired, demon-weed-smoking, heavy metal creep. Not that the heavy metal has changed. Everything else has changed. Uh, um, it's it's too screamo now. I can't get down. It, oh, no, no. I still listen to old metal, man. Uh, no, no, don't see the, stuff the, is crap. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, no, I get not not down with screaming. There's metal. a few uh, metal bands that have come out recently, like uh, Paralandra is actually pretty good. I met them at the Ingve concert a couple of years back, and um, the lead singer is the daughter of the lead guitarist. And they were actually pretty damn good. <laughs> That's awesome, <laughs> keeping it in the family, man. Yeah, he taught her how to play. Sweet. So, Anyway, so my buds back then, when they found out you play Dungeons and Dragons, uh, yeah, and you can go F yourself if you don't like it, you know. But just like I said, we were like, we were the ultimate outcast back then. As soon as you said, oh, I run games, oh, yeah, you're <laughs> a, <laughs> and people would walk away. Well, yeah, I'll give we, you one hilarious we, anecdote. Go we ahead. had to fight the satanic panic, then we had to fight the geek stigma. And it, it, it was just one thing after another after another, and, you know, we blazed the trail. Look, look, we're so proud of ourselves. We blazed the trail that this could be hip and cool. <laughs> Isn't that weird? And you know, it's funny. I think what really made it hip and cool are shows like Big Bang and Stranger Things. Oh. How ironic is that? Terrible, but you're not wrong. Like, I, I agree to an, to a certain extent, but... That's also where we got the sparkle trolls and the tourists, and yep. I can't can't get down, can't get down. Anyway, back like, to I, the game, back to the game. I, I right? Look at e and I'm like, I could never play this. This this isn't a game. This isn't a rule game. This is uh, I don't know. 
I'll get off my high horse. <laughs> <laughs> D&D hasn't been D&D for me since second edition. Let's just put it that way. I, I give third a nod, but I agree with you that, man, give me my advanced. And, anyway, and I'm, and I'm the odd man out because I'll play anything in the kitchen sink. Oh, Bert, you know I'll play it. I mean, I have oh, yeah. the shit, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I played more games than I can count. I mean, I played third. I played fourth and went, this is... You really want to be GURPS, but you suck. (laughs) It was GURPS and World of Warcraft having some sort of mongoloid baby. Does mongoloid fly? Bert's my compass. No, No. no, it does not. Okay, mongoloid does not fly, Tony, just so you know. Mongoloid's off the table now. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's terrible, Ryan. Well, it's accurate. It was fourth edition. It was bad. Fourth edition <laughs> was rough. Fourth edition yeah. for me, it felt like uh, Bessem. Remember Big Eyes, Small Mouth? Ah, uh, uh, yes. It's like, oh, look, we've got all these cute. Well, if you can't say mongoloid, I can't say retard, can I? I mean, you can say it. I mean, uh, wow. <laughs> look, our sponsor this week is the Red Room, and they're okay oh, with both of those terms. So. <laughs> Well, and I just bought wow. stuff for, from them, so they should be happy with me. Yeah, Miguel and Sylvia are awesome. So back to the game. Um, magic. Let me go back to the magic system. Since, uh, Bert, you were asking about that. Oh, yeah. The magic absolutely. system was actually the hardest part to balance. The The first set of rules that I had out for it, holy shit, it was OP. And it was, I mean, bad. And one of the players, um, a good friend of mine, we've been buds for over 20 years, who always loved to play Wizards, that bastard exploited it and pretty much destroyed the game and i'm like you know you and i are about to go in the backyard and come to blows so but that's a good I, thing I right it oh yeah it was a good thing i threw it away and restarted so the balance when i i play tested the next group for almost a year and it was predominantly folks i didn't know and that's an even and better it, thing and it got a lot of uh, one of the guys i was playing he actually helped me refine the psionics system because um, he found a loophole, and God bless the player bastards. Players were so stoked with it, they did something I did not anticipate in the rules. They started cleverly coming up with ways in which magic and psionics could actually augment each other. Yeah, it's amazing what those playtesters uncover, man. They, oh, yeah. They, they find stuff all the way around. So... The Kickstarter is done. It's in the rearview mirror. Yes, it's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where should people look for you? Because we definitely want to get eyes on Dystopian Dawn. Well, I've got a YouTube page that I'll update periodically. I mean, it's just, it's Tony Garcia. It's me. Right. Um, And I plan, I've got a couple minor like draft videos, plus the full Kickstarter videos all up there. And as I go through stuff, I plan to do other mini videos and post them. Um, and I'm also, I'm on Facebook, no matter how much I hate it. Uh, and on Twitter, um, Tony at Track Studios. Yeah, they both, God, you, social media nowadays, it's like, am I allowed to say this? And then another <laughs> voice in the back of my head is like, bite me, I'm saying it anyway. Ah, see, Bert's <laughs> smart. He's not on the social medias. so No, I am not. He, he stays far, far away, and that's the wisest thing. It's a, it's a, you know, it's like that old Alec Guinness line from Star Wars, a greater hive of scum and villainy you will never find. (laughs) But it's so very, very true. So anyway, if you want to get your jam on in science, fantasy, post-apocalyptic wasteland-ish, how's that for uh, uh, throwing a bunch of words out, Tony? Did I do it? Yeah, okay. Post-apocalypse, sci-fi, and fantasy. There you so go. So the premise of the game is survival, exploration, killing monsters, being a mutant, getting mutated, wandering the irradiated territories of the world 500 years from the very distant future. Find Tony on all of the social medias. We will uh, include them in the show notes so that you can have easy click access and, uh, you know, Keep an eye out because I have a feeling Dystopian Dawn is going to be readily available to you in the near future, even though we might have missed the Kickstarter. Hey, Tony, any oh, last thoughts? Oh, yeah. Tell 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 everybody if they're if they're in the ballpark where they can play at a con. So Rincon is a game convention in Tucson, Arizona. 
And it's going to be at Casino del Sol. So even if you don't want a game, come, you know, waste your money in the casino and have a good time. Um, and I plan to be running tables. I don't have the scheduled yet. I submitted my requests today, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So the 23rd, 24th, and 25th of June at Casino del Sol in Tucson. Um, I'll be running a table in between games and games in between the table. So go check him out at the convention and always stay tuned here. Keep an eye on the Twitter too, because if and when you're able to go and plunk down a couple of bucks and download this bad boy digitally, we're certainly going to get that word out too. Hey, Tony, thanks for stopping by tonight. We really appreciate your time. And I'm sorry the stars didn't align better for, for the Kickstarter. You got to stop pushing buttons, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what my daughter tells me too. She's like, just get away from the computer. You're done. <laughs> Tony Garcia, everybody. Dystopian Dawn. Follow him on the social medias and look for that product coming soon. Tony has a lot of good ideas, Bert. That's for sure. A lot of interesting ones anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to see the finished product. And Right. Um, I mean, I, I can't say that like the concept looks great, but without seeing some of the mechanical stuff, you know, I can't say they're amazing until I see how it works. You, yeah, know? No, you know, if he wants us to review it, he knows he certainly knows how to find us. He can shoot us a copy to the to the nerdcognito email and such. Hey, speaking of nerdcognito and such, are you subscribed to nerdcognito and such on the podcast provider of your choice? Of course I am. Well, everybody should be. And if you're not, we want you to go there right now, right now, right now, and smash that subscribe button. That makes sure that we get delivered to your device each and every week. And when we have peekaboo things like nano nerd cognitos that pop out there every once in a while, those come to you as well. So we're, we're everywhere. Google, Apple, Spotify, Gur, Spotify, um, <laughs> iHeartRadio, all sorts of places. Um, you name it, if it has podcasts, we're probably there. So make sure that you are subscribed so that you don't miss a gosh darn thing. Well, that's all I got this week. I, I guess we better wrap this up. Hey, we want to take a minute and thank you for listening. Sincerely, we appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tweet about it, get the word out so that everybody knows about Nerd Cognito. I got nothing else, so I guess it's time for us to go home. My name was Ryan David. I was joined by Bert, and we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody.